Hey, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today we have a very wonderful guest who's also an old friend of mine, Natalia Langsdale. She is the founder of Bright Creativity, which is actually based in the luxurious place of the south of France. How are you today? Hello, Stephen. I am absolutely great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm not used to being on the other side. You can yeah. asking questions. <laughs> I know you because you're you're you how long have you been doing your podcast for so um I was invited to become a host on Yachting International Radio and we started in September just before wow. the show yeah Fantastic. a good good reception absolutely I just did my uh, 51st podcast so it's growing in Ooh, I feel like I need like a little popper now to do that yeah. <laughs> um no that's really great tell me what do, what does bright creativity do how long have you been going? And uh, we'll kick off from that. Yeah, good. Well, Bright Creativity started five years ago. This year will be five years. And wow. it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable how fast time flows. And I'm just really excited to see where this goes because in the five years that Bright Creativity has existed, it's a marketing and PR agency. That's how it started out to be. Yeah. But then panned into different areas and uh, focused heavily on event organization, uh, copywriting, and now this podcast with Yachting International Radio. So you know what? This is where I love how things just organically grow and you never yeah. know where it might end up. And I think it's finding your passion and also along the way, just getting to know who you are in a business structure and because I'm a one man or woman band. A woman band. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of makes you feel, okay, that was nice, but maybe I want to try something else. And with the evolving situation with the luxury word world specifically, it just yeah, it just gets gets really exciting. Yeah. Uh, that's the key, isn't it? I think when you're uh, like a one man woman band, you have the ability to adapt really, really quickly. Like you don't have to wait for anyone to get permission. If you want to go and try something, you can try it and test the market within days or hours sometimes, right? Exactly. And the reason why I started my company was I was involved very heavily in the communication and marketing side of um, luxury. So in yachting first and then in business aviation. And then I kept swinging between the two and I found it really hard to know if I wanted to be just yachting or business aviation. <laughs> it's so, a first world problem that sometimes when you say yeah. that out loud, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, but specifically for me, I'm such a creative soul. Those of you who know me and who are watching must know this. <laughs> I just can't sit still. And I, I love new projects. And yeah. I, I really put 150% into each and every client uh, and project that I'm involved with. So to be able to have that fantastic opportunity as a business owner to say right here we are today but this is where we can go and let's just do it and go for it and yeah. just try it out because if you don't try you won't know right exactly how do you hone down that energy though because you are someone with super high energy super focused you're like always on it whenever we've spoken before and when we me and that me and Natalia actually used to work together so she was always like a very positive person but how do you hone that energy to make it so that your time is being spent on on the right things yeah well it's discipline isn't it um mm. 
I think it goes back deep back to <laughs> the days when I was at school. Um, I went to the CIV here in the south of France, having come from Sweden, where I grew up, and it was very intense. The way the days were structured was like being in university, age 12, 13. So in that respect, I learned a lot. I learned to, yeah, utilize my time and plan things and be very much on the ball. And I've always been very studious. So for me, organizing my time and projects has been phenomenally easy. And yeah. I utilize a lot of tools that are out there like Trello is my number one project management tool. <laughs> I, never get, I never got on with Trello. Really? I just found it, I don't know why it just never clicked with me. I've tried it a couple of times. It's and, lovely, uh, I know. Yeah. We were trying yeah. to convince everyone in the company when we're working in the same place to, <laughs> and it was like, oh no. <laughs> New technology and that, never. Yeah, and yeah. that's been a few years back now, but I still go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, So tell me, because you know, you're, I don't want to say niche, but the, the world you're in, in terms of the luxury market, you know, ultra high net worth type of industries, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face being in that environment? Well, unfortunately or fortunately, it's that one man, woman band that sometimes goes against me because there's a lot of big agencies out there and they all do a fantastic job. And, you know, but what I've seen recently is I've managed to turn that around in that um clients who used to be with such agencies are knocking on my door now because they see that they're not getting what they're paying for or expecting the results that they were hoping to get yeah. and they can see that what I do is very very much to the point and I whatever I say is going to happen it happens that there's none of this sugar coating stuff mm -hmm. so the challenge has been to find my niche no it that was pretty straightforward, but it was more, yeah, fighting against the competition to get my name out there. But I think I've done a fair enough job, and people have been here since forever in the area. I've been here since '92. Yeah. Age. <laughs> but uh, but you're, I was you're, you're well known in the area for the good reasons. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so, what's what's really interesting for me to find out is. Most marketing people I speak to are obviously based in London or or like America or somewhere like that. So big cities, uh, lots going on, lots of noise in terms of other marketing companies. Uh, what's the difference that you've seen being outside of that noise? So, you know, being out based in this, not a smaller community, so South France is a huge community, but it doesn't have the same vibe as London does. Like we were speaking before, you know, London, Paris, that has a very different vibe. Mm. Perhaps it's actually a good thing where I am because I what I do is I travel a lot and a lot of my clients are actually not in the south of France or Monaco area. So they come to me because I have that ability to take a step back mm -hmm. from all the hump and buzz that's going on around them to strategize and to come up with amazing content or strategy that perhaps they wouldn't have thought about because they're living in such a fast-paced world let's say yeah. and the beauty of me is i mean i've grown up in what is it three yeah four different countries since i was a child i speak six languages i, was about to say that I thought, don't you speak like nine languages but six. <laughs> six 
That's still pretty impressive. It was seven, but I, I forgot the Greek. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Means you need to spend more holiday. You need to go on holiday in Greece more then. Yeah, exactly. That's my plan. Well, that's number yeah. one on the top list. Yeah. Spend exactly. days around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. So basically, it's having that liberty of not being in that world and, and actually, if I need to dip my toe into it, I'll do it and then yeah. I'll and then I'll I'll do what I have to do for the client and they appreciate that mm. and a lot of the time they want to have more of a foothold here in the south of France or Monaco and develop ways and how to target the audience here because yeah. of course it's very concentrated and they they appear to think that this is where where a lot of them are and this is where we're going to have to develop their product or make them more more uh, savvy and, and be uh, out there so a lot of it's actually educating the client in terms of where people hang out as well, isn't it? Mm, yes, well, there's a misconception that certain clientele are always going to be at certain events, for example. Yeah. That's, that, as you know, it's not necessarily the case. So yeah. plenty of other events that are more hidden or reserved that would be relevant. For example, I organise uh, every year with a top banking client a private event ahead of a, an international yacht show that takes place in Monaco. And it's not about being at the yacht show. It's actually the pre or post yacht show that's the most important for this client and a lot of other clients that I manage. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you've been going five years. You've evolved over that five years in terms of your offering and, and where you're even like the people you're working with have evolved as well. Um, my interesting observation is you've always had it in, as like your one woman band. Right. And. Is that always going to be the case? Do you think, or do you want to do you want to have you know the the agency of the people downstairs, and you've got a team, and you've got the office, and you've got the fancy coffee maker, all that kind of stuff? Is that something you want, or are you actually more focused on the strategy of you know what, I'm I'm doing it myself, outsourcing a little bit maybe? FYI, I have the fancy coffee machine just there. <laughs> I need to get my belt on. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do say I'm a one-woman band, but I do have people that I um, work with who are yeah. freelancers who I call on if I do need the extra hand. So sometimes it seems like I'm by myself, but actually I have trusted individuals who are there for me. Um, employing staff and having the big office and the big corpo, don't think that's me, really. No. Nah, I, I prefer... I prefer to use talent that I see is perhaps not used yet and, and actually give them a chance. That's how I am. Uh, my other business is a wedding planning business. And uh, same thing. Like I work with suppliers and vendors who not, don't necessarily have that exposure yet. And that's yeah. why PR marketing hat coming on every time. And, you know, we did great. Last year we were in British Vogue, Brides Magazine, Madame Figaro. And this is this was just within a year of existing. Yeah, I was about to say you only you must you launched in twenty nineteen that didn't you? Yeah, just just yeah. before Christmas it was. So yeah. I missed the season completely and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I go against the grain. I try to do things differently. So yeah. prove people, you know what, you can do it. And this is one project that was completely new and novel to me, mm. and uh, I managed to pull it off. So yay to me and all the people and partners that were involved. And now you're a season ahead. If. I am. Is that is that how it works? The season season ahead? I don't know. 
this is good now because this is where everyone got engaged over Christmas, New yeah. Year, all that kind of jazz. And when when are you getting married, by the way? <laughs> who knows? Why you put me on the spot? God. <laughs> yeah, we spoke about it. We spoke about it. Um, yeah. Oh, you've thrown me. Well done. But so, oh, that's a good question, actually. Here, here's a good question. What made you start another business? Because your, your marketing business is, you know, fairly successful. It's given you what you want. Uh, where, where did that desire come from to go, you know, what, I'm going to start a wedding business out of all of them. You could have gone for something a little bit easier, I guess. But what made you do that? That is pretty easy. Well, there's two reasons. One was I was a little, uh, how should I put it nicely? <laughs> I wanted to get away from all that corpo structure and I wanted mm -hmm. to try something that was a little more close to heart. You know, I'm yeah. a very emotional person generally i love the whole romance and stuff and i wanted to give something back that was first the second was i saw an opportunity as one does usually yeah and that being that i consider myself the only one down here in the south of france who speaks those six languages and fluent french by the mm -hmm. way it's quite rare for whatever i am english swedish <laughs> polish person and i wanted to target the asian market like really properly have a website which catered for all these languages and people uh, and do it at a luxury level. So I've, I saw a lot of these websites flying around wedding planning businesses and they really had something lacking there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just step in and see what I could achieve with what I'm good at. And there we are. I did it. <laughs> and have you, what, what's been the struggle, any hurdles or struggles about juggling those two different businesses? Well, the wedding planning uh, is very seasonal. So, mm -hmm. you know, come the summer, spring, summer, it's like mayhem. You have to be on it. And you might clash with dates for the same weekend. Everyone wants to get married at a certain time. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the good thing is with my business, I mean, the yachting side, if we take that, you know, the Monaco Yacht Show, my clients seem to be very uh, interested in around that time frame sure. and the lead up to it. So because I'm good at organizing myself and my work and the strategy planning takes several weeks. It's not just one day. Or, yeah. you know, so, so I managed to balance that and I've been working with some great people who have been very supportive and, you know, it's just like helping one another. That's, that's the beauty of the South of France. Mm -hmm. If you get the right people and I mentioned the right people because they get <laughs> yeah, a bit, mm, uh, then you're okay. Yeah finding those people and then you're on your way but it's, it's that topic that topic's come up a couple of times in the podcast it's about having that creating that community isn't it whether that's online or offline and allowing that community to not feed your business but complement your business in a way that is going to help you market yourselves and get in front of the right people and all that kind of stuff uh how much worth not monetary worth but how much worth would you say you know, a community of that sense has in any business? And, and can any business build a community from a marketing point of view? Oh, absolutely. For me, that's the number one key. Relationships is all. And having that structure behind you, I'm not mm. saying you have to rely on it 100% and that's your only way of building your brand or getting your yourself out there. But looking at where we are today, there are so many free tools out there that are just brilliant and even the fact of us doing a podcast i mean it just brings that whole level up because we're we're yeah. seeing 
human faces and we're getting to know the person and you know if you're likable then that's you're you're more inclined to getting people recommend yeah. and it i think it's it's easier now than ever to do this sort of stuff so you know a couple of years ago if you wanted to create a podcast you have to get you had to get like really fancy external mics you know maybe even hire a studio depending what sort of podcast you wanted to do a decent laptop all these different components that made the barrier to entry really high which perhaps wasn't a bad thing because it meant that if you wanted to do it you know you, you were quite serious about it and it, it kept the quality high i guess um but now obviously you know one bit of software and a microphone uh you know i have a light i have a decent mic i'd pay for software um but you don't need that do you you can have any you, you could just speak to your phone and you could technically have a podcast right? yeah well exactly and this is how it all started in september i mean i only mm. had a mobile phone and a beautiful red stand no, <laughs> the has to be a red yeah. oh yeah red is my color by the way for nobody exactly. <laughs> um but you know and, and it was perfect it was perfectly fine okay i'm not saying it was amazing but yeah. okay our channel is about being real and it's unedited stuff and yeah. it's just bringing snippets of interviews with people on luxury with natalia yachts and international mm. radio so we don't need all that, but yes, it will develop into it. And we're in talks of something exciting coming soon, coming but soon. yeah, <laughs> but you're very right. And I see since I started this, people are latching on and going, Oh, I'm going to do it myself now. Yeah. And they are, and it's just fascinating, but you also have to have that charisma. You mm -hmm. have to have something to, to give and deliver. You can't just be doing it to blurb about whatever you have to yeah. have a purpose. It's yeah which then feeds into that community building because the more that value you can, you know, it's the classic age old marketing things that give value, give value to others and they're going to start following you and start seeing you as an expert and positioning yourself. Um, you know, how, do, you, do you do much in terms of like influencer type marketing or? Yes, I have tapped into that. Yes. And yeah. um, it's interesting. It's a different world altogether. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it sometimes people assume that they're going to get much out of it, but it's still it depends which market you're in and what product yeah. you have. It it can go both ways, like really be successful or not. And it's well, just, there's that um, there's that news article last year, wasn't it? The, this Instagram model that had something like three million followers and she couldn't sell thirty t-shirts or something yeah. crazy like that, which which shows how important what you said earlier in terms of having that strategy in mind in terms of whether what marketing is and how it helps your business right um yeah. what, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make maybe that before they come to you and you have to fix that people are doing uh, that you often see in your in your line of work yes and it's happened a lot of times and that is that they rely very heavily on the words of the bigger agencies and they don't do their homework properly. It, it's fine to think, oh, there's a savior in an agency with a nice flashy logo and lots of employees that's gonna save the day. But you have to take a step back and actually go back and look at your own strategy that you've been defining and, and think realistically, right, where are areas where perhaps I could define and, and change and make better and then get the advice 
first do like a preliminary meeting before signing on the dotted line. Yeah. Because everyone promises the world. I mean, we know we're market. I mean, I am a marketeer. Now you're paying if I wanted to, you know. Yeah. And that's what people forget is that yeah. you gotta step back and be realistic. Get maybe a few quotes in and and see what what the um, testimonials have been or. Yeah get some insight on projects that have been carried out and some stats. A lot of the time people don't care about the stats, but it's absolutely primordial. Mm. You see, again, it gives some, um, if you're, if you're given stats, if you're given information, it shows your credibility as a, as a provider, mm. but I think it also allows them, it, it triggers thoughts within your clients. Because mm. if they've never been shown that or they've never thought about that and you're the first person to be like, actually look at these stats. They show you that whoever you've been targeting for the last six months isn't at all who you want to be buying from or in your circle. Why are you still spending the money with the big agencies? Um, it's funny you keep mentioning you know, the big big agencies because in a couple of the podcasts now, we've had the same sort of thing. It's the, it's the big agencies not uh, fulfilling the client needs, let's put it that way. Um, and I think that's carving a place out even more so for you know one man bands, smaller team community, uh, smaller team companies to really make their mark on it. But how do you think, perhaps in the future, if we're future pacing this a little bit, how do you think that marketers can carry on uh, setting themselves apart from the crowd? It's it's also very much about learning and staying atop of what's going on in the world and mm. what tools are out there and trying and testing them yourself before you actually go out and say that you can do it. I know yesterday's podcast was very interesting about the SEO, for example. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that they can do SEO and include that in their package, but actually then they're struggling or they, uh, they give it off to somebody else to do and claim that it's their work yeah. and then it ends up a mess. So just be honest and truthful in what your offering is and stay atop and constant learning. I mean, all mm. the stuff that's out there, it's incredible. There's a lot of apps are coming in and how yeah. tools and, you know, just, and also try and specify what it is you're good at and keep to it. Don't diversify. And this is coming from me who's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but I know how to organize myself. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, if, if you ever need a new career, I think maybe like, you would be really great at one of those people that can go into a house and just organize it to like amazing standard and everything oh, no. in its place. I feel like you would love that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's in my drawers. It's Marie Kondo all the way. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's <laughs> one of my dreams to have to be able to open the wardrobe and just see everything perfectly in its place. Uh, I'll get there next week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll book I'll book you in. Um uh, so for you as a founder, right, and as a business owner and someone that is, especially a one band band, I think your your people's drive is often a little bit more than others when you're on when you're on your own and you're working with a smaller team. Uh, what keeps you going? What keeps you wanting to do this? Because you could easily just get a really great job and, you know, not worry about having to find new clients or that kind of stuff. What keeps you being in this founder mentality? I'm very proud of where I've come. Mm. And that is my driving force. As we know, there are ups and downs in any business. Yeah. And as a small business owner specifically, 
you go through patches that nobody who's in a stable employment would even dream of experiencing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's those low points sometimes that you face your faith with that kind of get you driven and you don't give up because you realize day one of when you started was a dream and it was done with passion and it was a belief that this will work. Now, imagine if I packed it all in and believe you me, I have had moments like that. And everyone yeah. Has. yeah. But it just kind of goes back to that point where you think I was good enough to get to here. So there must be something I'm doing, right? And people trust me and all the recommendations and all the testimonials and word of mouth that's getting out there about what projects I've done and the accomplishments and that. So I think, yeah, that's my driving force. It's like a fuel of going back to day one and realizing I did it for a reason and I believed in myself. So why am I doubting it? Just keep going. Yeah. Uh, and it's so interesting because those those like peaks and those low points are always a constant no matter how much you grow and how big your team if you said to me right actually this year we're gonna you know get to 10 full-time employees and have this fancy agency and whatever uh, it's not like a magic cure of oh then everything's great you know as you grow those those the levels change I think you know the low points change and they evolve and Maybe they don't get as low as sort of stability kicks in from, you know, from your day one to your now mm. is hugely different in terms of stability, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's, but the passion is what is key. Uh, could you imagine a life doing a business and not having a passion for it? No, not at all. Not at all. No, no, why, no. Why is it, do you think that the, the passion has hold over people so much that it drives them to do crazy things like set up a business or like do a podcast every single day of the year. What is it about passion that has this control over us? This is the answer I really want to know, actually. Oh, well, I guess we're human beings and we have to have something to drive. Mm. And, and, you know, back in the days, we, we had other ways of doing, driving ourselves. But now it's so hard to... Even, I mean, I think it's down to people. Not everyone's cut out for it. No, um, we all have a passion in hobbies or sports, whatever it is, or, or businesses, yeah. <laughs> driving businesses. Or, I mean, for me, passion is really seeing the end results. Like, I love doing projects, going from A to Z, and mm -hmm. then finalizing that and moving on. I love that because it's very satisfying and to think, oh, I had a say in that or I have had a do in, in making this a success. Yeah. And have individuals, the end clients of my clients, come and shake my hand after an event and saying, I will never forget that event. That was brilliant. Bingo. You know, that those are the little things that keep me going and, and is the passion in the sense that I keep pushing myself because I don't feel like I've reached that limit where I think I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm forever searching for yet the next big thing, you know? <laughs> you will never reach that limit, though. No, I don't think so, because I'm so crazy creative. Yeah, you keep moving the goalposts, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it keeps everyone on their toes, and it's interesting. Some people love it, some people don't. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Everyone has a choice. You don't want to please everyone. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw 
this quote the other day you know if you try and not not everyone is your customer right and it's um i think that's a big mistake a lot of people try and do at the beginning mm. where you know your knowledge or your marketing knowledge can help anyone right any business you can apply your marketing knowledge to however if you try and help everyone you end up helping no one because your message is, is super diluted and your you know your your sales pitches are not going to be congruent with your brand all these other elements but what stops what stopped you first and foremost other than being around the industry so i think it might have been a little bit easier for you to be like oh actually i'm going to focus on this but what stops you do you think that swaying from that focus swaying to be not being like oh actually i'm gonna i'm gonna take that job even though it's not going to align with your brand yeah that's been a very hard cookie to take <laughs> because you know I, generally as a person i try mm. to help everybody and anyone it's just in my nature it's bad because i can't and also i've learned a lot of times to say no and walk away from projects that just don't have the dna that i'm in a position to help with you know yeah. um certain smaller companies or even bigger companies for that matter I've, I've walked away from and i i've learned throughout the years and throughout these five years that i've been operational that that's absolutely fine it's better to do that than to then struggle and you know and and maybe put the others that really are my dna there for for my expertise so it's yeah it's it's an interesting one that and only an entrepreneur will be able to feel that connection understand it, yeah. yeah that's a really nice way to put it the dna i've never heard that before i love that <laughs> yeah quick trademark it trademark it um, <laughs> quick quick why not? Uh, when do you think when did you how did you learn to stop to start saying no to customers because that's something that a lot of people struggle with well, I mean, we're very much faced with a situation that uh, we we have to take on certain projects because of financial uh, yeah. means. You want right? to feed yourself. <laughs> Not going to, yeah, go on water and bread every day if I <laughs> to everyone. You know? But um, yeah, when did I realize that? Even early on, to be quite honest. I mean, my first year was amazing. It was phenomenal. I was really unbelievably happy and I had all these projects coming in left right and center and it was brilliant and then things dipped and then they went up again and but I realized very early on because I just didn't feel the connection and I knew that I wouldn't be able to put my heart into the book yeah. and I like I said I'm very much an emotional person so it's not just work for me this is a passion this is my living I live mm -hmm. in that I put in the hours that are way beyond what some people would because I believe in the project. If I don't believe in it or or if I'm forced to push my expertise yeah. into it, it's not going to work out as as well as if I if I had that passion, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, that ties back to the passion subject, but also I think that that's the big difference in what you were just saying, you know, having it being that entrepreneurial founder's mindset and having that such connectivity to your clients rather than if you were employed and it was just another project out of, you know, you're going to get X amount of projects per year, for example, uh, which really fuels the, the difference in relationship. I think that you're working with a smaller company or not even a smaller company, any sort of company, but 
whatever your whatever your um foundations are to your values and your business have to align with whoever you're working with right yeah and it's uh and this is where like i'm working with a company at the moment and they're 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 doing some big growth aspect and one of the big things that we're working with working on them with is that whole building that culture now of the same values as it was when the founder was on his own mm-hmm. to spread that out and build it up so that he still work with the same people. So I think that's a big thing that people um, miss in the sense of when they grow, they start going, oh, now we can offer this person, we can offer this person, mm-hmm. we can do this, we can do this, um, which, which just doesn't work. It just doesn't work, people. Start listening to us. Um, <laughs> yeah. What would you say is, you know, my second to last question, what would you say is some of the biggest mis, like, misinformation currently in the marketing world? Uh, again, it's all that goes around the social media. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of people think that because they're going to employ a social media manager, it's going to bring them sales in. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Community building, Yeah. And uh, the whole building that relationship conversation with the outside world and portraying nice, you know, the lifestyle around a product. It's not the actual product that's going to necessarily sell through the social media. That's one of them. Second is, uh, well, it's hard. There's quite a few. <laughs> yeah. I would say one of the, you brought it up earlier, actually. It's um, the amount of new technology and apps that is coming out uh, that I think, that marketplace is not getting flooded, but it's becoming noisier and noisier with very slight differences in what's being offered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of choice. And how do you know which yeah. is going to be best? Sure. Again, it's a it's a question of trial and error. A third one that's key in my world, I would say, is also the PR side where mm-hmm. people assume that, okay, if you have a press release, um, it's going to be picked up like, automatically by all yeah. this <laughs> all the media and no it's you know you can't guarantee that it has to again it goes back to defining the right strategy and really breaking down that press yeah. release and coming out with something that's wow and that's something i'm good at also is copywriting and getting a point getting a point across in a in a way that not necessarily many people would be brave enough to do i'm bold and i go for it so that's where my <laughs> my forte lies i suppose i have nothing to lose and yeah. maybe you should have named it bold mark bold creativity, bold right creativity. Yeah. Yeah. uh what have you got planned for the next for the year coming up the next the next 2020 year what's what's happening in your world the roaring 20s yeah well more yeah. <laughs> more podcasts on luxury with natalia not international radio and also um some exciting new projects that i'm uh, involved with top secret. yeah top secret <laughs> mail still in all the, all the exciting projects always top secret why is that why do people do that well we have to drum roll it otherwise yeah. we know it all and they wouldn't even tune in to find That's out it. what the next step is you know but let's just say it's got something to do with all my qualities again the things that i'm good at and um yeah it's still in luxury very much in luxury um so yeah watch the spurs okay my last question i said i know i said my, my last two questions were my last question is 
for anyone listening, what are the three things that you can give them to take away from this? From this conversation or from this conversation or from what you do in terms of your life in marketing? Okay. Well, I would say that number one is to build those on those relationships that you have. And that, like everybody says, I find LinkedIn is the best place to go because building your name and having articles or mini snippets regularly published on the platform is amazing. It's key. People just tap into it and they listen and they're really, yeah, they follow you in the long run. And plus, it's so easy. All my business card contacts, LinkedIn, they all get in there. And that's my CRM platform. Little secret. (laughs) Number two, uh, again, social media. Don't be scared by social media. Keep going. But remember that the algorithms change. So don't be disheartened by the fact that you're getting less followers or likes or whatever. Just keep going. And good content wins. Definitely yeah. does. Oh, I love that. That's that's the quote of the podcast. Good content wins. Absolutely. Content three would be my content advice. <laughs> you know, keep, don't keep it boring and standard and follow the lead or the pack. You know, it, it, I was faced with an amazing situation where I was with the CEO of a massive international company I won't say the name but yeah and he really has been driving his business for 30 years and I actually flabbergasted him by my pitch because I went out there and came up with some really tongue-in-cheek advertisement and it took him a few days to process but in the end I won it and it was completely out of the ordinary it wasn't what we've seen before and so my advice is just to go for it yeah the worst you're ever going to get in life is a no right yeah and who said bad advertisement isn't good advertisement because it yeah. actually sticks right it that's wasn't it. bad but it was different it's <laughs> a all pr is good pr right yeah within reason within reason you yeah, know, there's, sure. a few things, there's a few things going on at the moment which i might not say is good PR, but, <laughs> uh, listen Natalia, how can people get in touch with you how can people contact you um, yeah so, well, brightcreativity.com with a hyphen in between the bright and creativity. Or they can follow me on Instagram. Social media is my thing. So Facebook, Instagram, yeah, yeah. Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course. You can't just you can't promote LinkedIn and not say LinkedIn. I know, right? Well, LinkedIn is easy. It's Natalia Langsdale. But yeah. otherwise, the Instagram is Luxury with Natalia. And Twitter is Bright Creativity, Nat Langsdale. Yeah, yeah. Nice and easy. But thank you so, so much for coming on. Guest number 13. I know you said number 12 because we've got 366 days, but it's number, you're, you're still guest number 13, maybe not day number 13. I don't know. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. This has been Founders 365. I've been Stephen Hagerty. Thanks for watching and listening. Thank you.